Hello, and welcome to First Frames First, episode 96. First Frames First is the podcast where we discuss the journey uh, in the indie filmmaking world. Um, today, we have a really special guest, uh, an old friend and colleague of mine, uh, Mr. Steve Downer. Steve is a ACSPO, CSM, Senior Scrum Master. Uh, let's see here. Uh, smart City, Smart Grids, Agile Coach, Futurist. Um, you know, product owner, uh, business manager, and genius, uh, all around great guy. And we're bringing him on the show today to talk about preparing for those important meetings that you have to have uh, as an entrepreneur. Um, we're also going to give a quick, uh, quick first, uh, sorry, a quick uh, Fable Forest Films update. Uh, we have a new uh, Making It Rain purchase. Uh, and then we'll get into quickly talking about what we're watching these days and uh, and maybe ask Steve what his Desert Island movies are. So without further ado, let's get the show started. Hey guys, I'm Adrian. And I'm Jay. We run Fable Forest Films. Right now, we're totally independent. But what's the dream? Making crazy awesome film and television for the biggest studios. This podcast is our journey. There we go. Welcome. Welcome. Uh, th thank you for being here, Steve. Uh, thank you for being here, Adrian, also. Uh, yes. I feel like you're obligated uh, to join the show. <laughs> Thanks most, for having me, guys. Appreciate Steve, it. Steve, I feel like I botched your intro. Um, now, when we said senior scrum master, we were not talking about rugby, uh, is my <laughs> understanding. Tell uh, uh, Thank you for being on the show. Can you just tell us, uh, just sum up your entire life experience in like a couple of seconds, just for our audience to let us know kind of who, who you are. Sure. And, well, and... Yeah, absolutely. Well, funny thing is, I used to be a, I've, I've done both the scrum master roles. I used to be a rugby captain for about five years playing on the open side flank. So I was a scrum master back then and I'm a scrum oh. master now. <laughs> did, <awesome>. you, <laughs> did you watch the last World Cup? And I, did you enjoy it? I I caught snippets of it and uh, I must say that I did enjoy it. Yeah, it was it was good. I love the love the All Blacks. Those guys are amazing. Yeah, the best the best sports team consecutively out of any other sports team in history. So, yeah, I mean, they're amazing. And you know that Jason would come around to my house and we would watch the rugby games at 5 a.m. And we would drink beer while we watched the games at 5 a.m. During the during the World Cup, I actually took my kids on a trip to New York City and they would be sleeping. We had stayed out the night before we went to saw Broadway musical and it was 5 a.m. And I was in the hotel bed with the world cup on with beers taking a taking a photo as proof uh it was a great time yeah, yeah. Those, those guys are built of vibranium that's for sure yeah <laughs> uh so steve thank you very much for joining us today um you know i i i always consider you to be um mr business uh you are a business professional uh it like when i look up um you know how to business in in my encyclopedia uh you are right there um can you talk a little bit about your your kind of history and what you can and just kind of um some of the 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 things that you've worked on as far as like business topics 
Sure, absolutely. And uh, I'll I'll just uh uh clarify that I'll be I'll be speaking in generic terms and uh and certainly, you know, talking about my journey up until early October uh last year and uh and yeah so i've had a quite an interesting journey it started off in south america where i was born guyana back in back in the day and um you know growing up on uh, basically spending time on four different continents in in my earlier days uh it helped me to kind of appreciate the value of doing things differently and just you know taking a risk i mean emigrating is one of the biggest risks you'll ever take um, so, you know, if we're looking in terms of entrepreneurs and so on, um, I'd have to put the that seminal moment back to reading Robert Kiyosaki's Rich Dad, Poor Dad back in, I can give you a month, actually, back in January 2003. That was a seminal moment. And wow. uh, that, that really opened my eyes to what you can do if you go beyond the regular day job and look at things mm -hmm. like real estate investment and so on but also being an entrepreneur right mm -hmm. um so you know that that kind of evolved over time i've spent uh spent a fair bit of time working for some amazing uh companies i've been lucky enough to work for those companies as an employee but in my own time i've also uh tried to make the best use of a time uh, of, of the time i have as best i can as a, a father um, and a husband, right? So the secret to entrepreneurship, in a word, is learning during dead time. And the best way to do that, I find anyway, is through audible books, right? So mm -hmm. I, I pick I pick the real high value ones. I, I've learned to consume them on the fly, whether it's washing dishes, wash you know, washing the car, driving. Uh, try not to do all three at the same time. But what happens is over time, you're pattern recognition goes into overdrive and you you see all these opportunities that you didn't see before it's mm -hmm. almost like that matrix moment where you you see um you see business opportunities so i'd say you know getting back to um what you guys are essentially looking at is how do you prepare for that meeting i'd say the first thing you do is you do your research but you do it in a contrarian way right so when everyone else is looking at google or linkedin you do a deep dive look look um look at what these guys backgrounds are and see if you can align that the first place you start are principles core principles right mm -hmm. so if you were if you look at what they're doing look at their mission and vision and mm -hmm. see how that lines up to something like um Covey, Stephen Covey's seven habits, right? Of highly effective people. There's actually eight habits. There's good to great, which is the, the eighth one. Okay. So I just want to say uh, uh, thank uh, So you mentioned that one of the, one of the best ways to learn during your downtime is with audible. Now, did you mean audiobooks or do you work for audible and I, were you giving them a plug <laughs> there? I, uh, I, I, I do not work for Jeff or whoever replaced him. Um, <laughs> I, I was referring to audible.ca. Yeah. However, um, there are other ways to consume audible content, free content can be consumed by light, you know, libraries and so on. So thanks for catching me on that. It's, it's uh, okay. We, we actually, <laughs> we actually love audible and Adrian just recently kicked my ass and got me 
back to uh, my Audible subscription where I just purchased uh, Seven Habits and I started listening to it two days ago. So uh, for the first time ever, if you can imagine, uh, I'm starting the the principles and values and such and such. So I'm 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 pretty excited. I'm I'm an hour and a bit into the book, so I'm I'm really enjoying. That's that's excellent. That's excellent. Yeah. If you if you don't mind, I'll extend on that because the the understanding those principles are absolutely central to um, getting to the point where genius knows the answer before the question. Right. That's I love that quote from Oppenheimer. Um, if you can get to that point where you you can anticipate what somebody's going to say based on a read of their body language or or you know getting some sense of where their principles are based on their mission and vision statement then you'll you're lining yourself up for success right so you know the 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 kobe seven habits number one be proactive um i'm not going to go into detail but the, the the second one is begin with the end in mind three put first things first four think win-win five seek to understand before being understood which is the ultimate habit and it's actually the basis of empathy and love. Mm-hmm. Uh, six is synergize. So basically learn to orchestrate, learn to juggle all the balls, spin all the, spin all the plates, as my brother would say. And uh, number seven, sharpen the saw. Number eight is good to great, which is, you know, world-class athlete, world-class insert here. And it's an incredibly hard Ho- habit to, to get. Hopefully to. world-class filmmaker. There you go. There you go. Now, now <laughs> could, could you elaborate? Because you... Th- does does he touch on this in the book or is this your own interpretation of of what the next habit should be uh he touches he, he i don't believe in the first book he probably doesn't mention it unless it's in the uh it, it's a preface because mm-hmm. this is a this was a an add-on essentially right uh-huh. oh so it's going to be yeah. in my book the 30th edition where his son does <laughs> the uh the intros and all the extras there you go there you go all right there i'm very go. excited i'm very excited good to great i love it so, so here's, here's a power tip, right? Okay, so you're preparing for this meeting. The first thing you, like one of the other things you're going to do is see if you can get a hand, your hands on um, anything related to Lean Business Canvas. Like if this company that you're uh, interviewing for has some sort of um, product that they have on their website, see if you can, how far you can fill in the Lean Business Canvas, right? Pretend that it's a fresh, fresh product. And mm-hmm. see if uh, that one page, uh, th- that one page document, which is now supplanted, it's replaced the traditional business plan, which used to be, I don't know, 20 to 100 pages long, which nobody ever read. Lean Business Canvas captures everything on there. And I've got a number of examples on online. Um, and the, the importance of that is you're, you're looking, you're inspecting their work beforehand. And you can actually um, go into that meeting and you can present some very interesting questions, right? Uh, Instead of talking about um, stuff that they're already aware of or you're already aware of, you can start asking the why questions, you know, why, uh, and then eventually you get to the how. But focus focus on getting an understanding of who you're speaking to, um, you know, who are they? Check out LinkedIn. Uh, if you're if you're serious about the business, you want to get LinkedIn Premium because you can dig even deeper into their history. If these are some, if these are people you want to emulate, then 
try and connect with them. I was lucky enough to connect with one of my um, uh, one of my well, two of my heroes. Um, uh, one was um, indirectly, I might add, through their uh, assistance. Uh, one was uh, the astronaut um, Chris Hatfield, and the other one was Lavar Berth. Lavar Burton from Star Trek. So both, Amazing. both through their secretaries, I, I must admit. So it was their their PR team, uh, wonderful people, both of them, and uh, PR team were amazing. So I managed to get signed autographs uh, uh, from Chris Hatfield for my kids. Um, so just That's you know, the the Lavar like Burton signed autograph was for you, right? Oh, I haven't got that one yet. <laughs> I wish. <laughs> um, so, so what? What we are? Um, maybe we'll give. Uh, we'll ask a little LinkedIn question. But um, yeah. for us, uh, let's talk about just quickly, so we can give you a point of reference, Adrian. Let's talk about a couple different um, meeting types that we would be interested in from our perspective, and then maybe just um, maybe the arts in general and and filmmakers in general. Yeah. So from our perspective, usually we're wandering into a meeting and it's a pitch meeting. We're going to throw an idea or a concept at some human beings and we're asking, we're going to be asking them for money in order to fund the film, to fund the project, to get on board with the TV show, uh, to become part of the team. Um, so we're going in with the present. We have usually some, some kind of presentation and uh, a booklet, a pamphlet or something digital. And we got to kind of wow them a little bit, but mm -hmm. also the concept has to be fresh. And that's, that's really, those are the kinds of meetings that we are engaging in. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And what I wanted to mention was, you know, you brought up something really great, which was knowing, knowing who you're going in to speak with. And I, I think that, you know, from our perspective, um, you know, if we're going in to talk to, let's say a particular production company or a particular person at a production company, knowing a little bit about them, knowing a little bit about the work that they've done, the types of movies that they uh, purchase, the types of movies mm -hmm. that they have made in the past is really important because you're not going to go and try to pitch a horror movie to, um, you know, a Paramount or whatever, right? Because you want to make sure you're hitting the right, the right team. Um, and then the other, uh, the other interview, or sorry, not interview rather, but the other meeting type that we tend to have is where we're meeting people um, who we might want to work with in the future, right? Mm -hmm. Whether they be, you know, we haven't worked with them before, um, whether they be new in the industry or uh, veterans, and we're kind of introducing ourselves for the first time, we're trying to feel them out for what types of things they do. We're kind of trying to show them what we do and see if we might be able to, um, you know, uh, help each other out in some mutual fashion. I find that, that that's another type of, of meeting that we have pretty regular where we're meeting some new person for the first time. Mm -hmm. Sure. Mm -hmm. So so I would say uh, one of the, the, the first things you would want to do is play up your, you know, the, the clear advantage you've got. Adrian, you've got you've got an accent, right? Yeah. Um, and guess what? Uh, things like LinkedIn have got features now where you can leave voice messages, right? Mm -hmm. um, and like my my brother, I've got a younger brother who's a voiceover artist, right? Yeah. And so he's had a, a lot of, you know, he's had some some good and growing success doing that. So my point is that um, you before you do any of that, let's crank it back a little bit. So Covey's Seven Habits is great, but no matter who you pitch to, 
they will they will obviously be giving off body language and so on whether it's uh, in a, a zoom call or um a voice call so go, again go crank back to principles to separate yourself from the pack i would highly recommend joe navarro's what everybody is saying uh mm -hmm. he's a 25 year fbi veteran and it it's it's basically next level it's almost like you know jedi <laughs> jedi mind trick level uh to be able to look at um the way some i mean obviously in video conferencing and so on we can only see half the body right yeah, yeah, yeah. but at some point in the future we'll have face-to-face -face connections again right um so he goes into great detail everything from uh the limbic system uh all the way down to where your feet are pointing and at what time that you know at, at what point in a the conversation they are um pointing in a certain direction you know so if somebody's wow. feet point, if somebody's face is is if somebody's talking to you straight in the face but their feet are facing the exit that is a built-in human condition and that means they actually want to leave the conversation even okay. if They've got full eye contact. Guys, quick check. Adrian, how are your feet right now? I mean, you can't move they're, them. They're kind of wrapped around the chair. Okay, like I'm Steve. Like, I'm kind of grabbing the chair like a like some kind of creature. Okay, I'm my feet are literally like pointing down. My toes are kind of pointing forward. Uh, and I'm, I'm I'm like in a little hunch. Steve, tell what does that mean? Well, I tell you what, I, t I, I tell you what, you, it sounds like you need to see a this, mate. That's what it sounds like. Fair enough, probably. I don't know what that means, so I also need to, yeah, 100%. Okay. If, if, you, if, your feet, if, if the person you're speaking to, if their feet are crossed while you're having a conversation, mm -hmm. then generally speaking, they're quite comfortable with you, right? Mm -hmm. um, but if during the okay. conversation they're doing that kind of, like that pyramid there, right there, mm -hmm. then you know straight away that they – think that they are uh let's just say um they have the high ground in the conversation right yeah, it, yeah, that, yeah. that's that's a that's uh this that's is amazing a, i was gonna say that they think they're better than you they think they're a super villain those now, are the now steve there's something that i've noticed and and i've never seen it anywhere but uh the Often I've been in a situation where, and this is just my own, I'm just kind of guessing here, but I will move to shake someone's hand and they would like forcefully almost turn my hand over in their hand. You know what I mean? So I am now, they like force my hand into the supplicate, you know what I mean? And I, I always thought it was a power it was a power game because it was such a strange thing to me that someone would forcefully turn my hand in this way. Did so, they cover? Did they did they cover it with their other hand? The, that no, no. And this has happened to me on many occasions because when I first noticed it, mm. I was like, oh. And now, whenever it happens, I'm like, oh, this guy did it again. And yeah. to me, to me, I don't know if this is true, but I feel like it's someone who has feels a need to be superior of you. Yeah, you should not allow that. You should fight. You should fight them on it. So, so, so this is this is where it pays to know where the person you are, are in, you know, interviewing with what what their cultural background is, because mm -hmm. some uh, handshakes and and hand gestures mean different things in different parts of the world. In the Western world, if somebody would take, you know, like a, say a politician, for example, takes your hand, shakes it, but then covers it with the other hand, mm -hmm. that's actually a sign of distrust, right? 
um, mm. you have to dig into um, dig into Joe Navarro's book to find out a bit more. But the the, the caveat is that you can't just look for one tell. There's there's a number of tells that you have mm -hmm. to look for to build up that kind of picture but you can get really good and and get to the point where you can making you can make a judgment call within five to ten seconds right so so those you know having those basics in place before mm -hmm. you've even you know entered into the room uh, be it virtual or not um, those are all key, right? So, I mean, you've got standard stuff, like make sure that, you know, you guys are film directors. So if you're, um, if you have video coming out of one screen, but you're, you know, you with dual screening, we have to be conscious of which screens we're looking at. And mm -hmm. even the post-it note, just to say, look here. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, yeah. It, yeah you, it, keep, it helps, you keep seeing right? me look over here for sure. <laughs> yeah. I mean, what I like to do, Steve, is I like to look at your face on the on the screen and i i don't want to like cover your face up with my speaking points you know even though i don't need to see your face when we're talking um but i just i like i like uh, we, no, we don't get to visit anybody anymore you know so we like to just feel like we're you, part of your you should have better. steve's you should be speaking to steve's face yes you should just make it smaller and move your notes in on the side there you go i don't want i don't want I don't want Steve's face to be smaller on my screen. Uh, so, so Steve, just to recap, what you're talking about is um, is uh, being able to kind of read the environment a little bit and read the people, so that you yeah. you kind of you understand who they who you're speaking to. Yeah, that's that's correct. There's there's a couple of other fundamentals before we go down into you know the the, the weeds of the business case because if you don't get these basics right then everything else is for naught right so one of the things i did was consult with my brother who's the voiceover artist and made sure that i got professional grade equipment that didn't cost the earth right so you know i'm using some uh some uh pretty decent equipment i'm not going to name drop right now but um it uh it allows you to have a, a conversation of equals right mm -hmm when you're when you're having this discussion because at the end of the day the voice right, you can you, you know it just like in real life you can lose just your, 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 your well that's probably not a good example but it in in this day and age where bandwidth is everything and it may be issues in certain areas then we tend to switch the the visuals off right and not everyone has had a chance like i've been cutting my hair since uh i was uh 13 diy right <laughs> Uh, but not everyone has an easy head to cut and they may not have had a chance to groom. So because of that, um, they may not want video. So the voice becomes absolutely crucial to that. So, you know, the more audio books you listen to, the better your broadcast voice gets and the bet you know the closer to David Attenborough we can, we I, can that's, get. that's very important. I need to, I need to really focus on changing my voice. I've been told like in every single way in every <laughs> in every way well me and I, me and Adrian our fees yeah. are very reasonable I, very reasonable. Yeah, I appreciate that <laughs> what what did they say about my voice yeah it oh, it, 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 it lacked hurts. it lacked it gravitas <laughs> thank you so so Steve we did it we did a, a the opening to one of our shows that we did for Bell and it was a Muay Thai show and oh, cool. so J Jason did the voiceover for the intro, which is supposed to be pretty hardcore. 
and uh, yeah. <laughs> for the second season, and <laughs> the the executive producers came back and they just said. It just lacks gravitas. <laughs> <laughs> so that years that later, is, that cut me real deep, Mel. Yeah, that cut me yeah. real deep. Okay, they um, some software sells everything, mate. Don't worry about it. <laughs> That's uh, is it important? I, I'm just going to jump back to one of the questions. Is it yep. is it important, um, or can you talk a little bit about uh, having a clear objective for yourself and uh, what? And one thing that I've uh, thought about recently is having a clear hope for the end of the meeting. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So can you talk a little bit about like, before we get to the meeting, what are some of the other things that you want to do? You know, you talked about having pr- appropriate equipment, especially for virtual. Yep. I mean, still presentation is very important. Um, if you're virtual or or in person, I don't know if you want to touch any more on that. But what are some of the other things that you might do in advance? Is it important to define for yourself what you're hoping to get out of the meeting in advance? Uh, absolutely. I think the first thing you need to know is the difference between a goal and an objective. Right. The goal is the what the objective is the how. Right. So, again, going back to something like a lean business canvas um, that that lean business canvas will include all your financials on it as well. There's a, a section on it that will include all of that information. Um, I don't know if I've got uh, one to hand right now, but um, it starts with a user story, right? It, this is this is something we use in software development. It's been commonplace since uh, since around the early 2000s. But essentially, everything we uh, we are part of is either a product or a service, and a service is essentially a product, right? So everything's a product, right? Mm-hmm. So as a user, you, if if you get into the mind of what is it you want to get out of the meeting, so so see if you can tighten it up in a user story, and then see if you can get um, an angle on who the audience is, right? Who are the stakeholders? Uh, who are the people? with the purse strings that you're trying to persuade, right? And as as you kind of go through that uh, prep for the meeting, um, do, th- okay, so here's a, here's a massive tip, right? If you Google best practices for insert here, right? And then you constrain the search to the last 12 months. So you're co- covering the period of COVID because everything before March, 2020 was a different world right Mm -hmm. you will you will find you will actually find some very powerful information um on pretty much anything so you could do something like best practices for um pitching a film or or, or something like that right and if you constrain the search to uh to uh, let's say six months or whatever you'll 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 have a a generic kind of uh snapshot of what you need to be discussing in that meeting and out of those best practices you need to figure out okay so what's the best case scenario what's the what's the one where we walk away and we all survive right you know that kind of lock stock two smoking barrels moment yeah yeah and and what's the what's the worst case scenario where you know um i could lose you know we could lose everything right so if you if you plan with that in mind again genius knows the answer before the question you're you're planning to succeed um and you you're going to make sure that uh all the all the essentials are in there and if you if you if you have the seven habits 
um, focusing on that. So here's here's the additional technique I would I would recommend. At the back of your mind, have have uh, Maslow's hierarchy of needs at the back of your mind, because mm -hmm. the difference between the seven habits and Maslow's hierarchy of needs is that every single human being experiences these needs everything from food and shelter all the way up to what bill gates does which is self-actualization and jeff bezos self-actualization basically they get to do what the hell they want because they've made so much money now right um and self-actualization looks different for different people but if you're targeting a filmmaker get a get an understanding of what their self self-actualization is if they are financially free are they are they um, investors in capital markets or are they philanthropists or are they a hybrid of both? If you, if you get a sense of what their self-actualization has now become, then you get a sense of what, um, what principles that, uh, they're anchored to, right? Um, so basically you're using the seven habits to, uh, to um, basically get the most out of what you see from their picture of uh, their version of Maslow's hierarchy of needs. We, I love it when like uh, things come full circle and uh, we actually spoke to a business coach a million years ago in first frames, first episode 47, uh, which is entitled reaching the seventh level of Maslow's hierarchy of needs. Oh, there uh, we go. Yeah. So, uh, anyways, it was it was a, a really interesting discussion with a, with another business coach of ours. Nice. So, um, just to just to touch on the seven habits, because I I'm currently listening to the book for the first time, and uh, it is really blowing my mind. Mm -hmm. I actually I I told Jason that so much so much of the other self help kind of or like raise your your living your life standards. Mm -hmm you can you can put that aside and you should really just listen to this book twice you know what i mean and make the second time because i listened to it and now I, I know that i need to listen to it again and make notes the second time you know that's interesting because i know somebody who listens to it every year i could never understand at the time i couldn't understand wow. why they did that now i totally understand why yeah. they did that yeah so so but the place where i'm right now and the and what you said was really important because it actually teaches you empathy and it actually is the way to show love is by uh one of the seven habits was em empathic uh communication yeah seek first to understand and uh, then to be understood that's right. Seek first to understand and then to be understood. And when I heard that in the audiobook, bells rang with regards to having a meeting because he spoke in the book about sitting down and actually saying to someone, what is it that you're actually looking for? Like, what are your needs? And then once you can kind of establish, now, I don't know how you would bring that up in a meeting without seeming, you know, contrived or like you were going to just adjust your pitch to suit them. But it seems like if you were able to understand what they needed, that you would be in a really good space. Have you ever seen, oh, well, it's a silly question asking two film buffs, but the usual suspects, right? Yeah, yeah, There's yeah. There's a scene in Usual Suspects where he's, he's basically feeding, he's telling them what they want to hear. Yeah. So you don't have to come out with an explicit question. Uh, the, the more you understand the behavior of the, 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 the person uh, that you are having a discussion with, the better 
you can turn what you see, what you see, and what you you know what what you see around their room, uh, what you see in their documents, uh, what you see in their mission and vision statements. You can you can get a sense of what um, what drives them, right? Mm -hmm. And it could be as simple as something somebody who's chosen to uh, to emigrate from place A to place B. If you've done your homework and you know some of the history of that place, you've got a rough idea of how old they are, you can pretty much figure out why they chose to emigrate. You can't mm -hmm. always do it, but just that alone, you, you've, you've just gone and built up a bunch of um, empathic bridges to mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. fuel in the discussion. Yeah. Okay. I love it. Now, what one of the things that happened just before the meeting, you were joking. So I, we should just touch on this. You you had mm -hmm. kind of talked about being prepared with with uh, voice and stuff like that, or, or with proper equipment. Yeah. Um, before we talk about, um, you know, the meeting itself, um, you had kind of joked that you had trouble opening the link in in the with your macbook so even one one good uh best practice might even be understand what uh the the type of software that the the meeting is going to be held with and maybe you try to click the link in advance and make sure that you're going to be prepared to join <laughs> that that virtual meeting absolutely and and hopefully you don't get derailed so so the other thing is to be prepared for the unexpected right something something unexpected happened just before that um, as a as a seasoned instructor and facilitator presenter, I always give it a, um, you know a, a ton of time beforehand to go through all of these things. However, due to uh, due to a, a number of um, uh, things that happened with the with my my laptop, um, the program that I always have on there wasn't there. So the message is you have to be you have to keep a cool head when you're under pressure and just focus on the goal, right? My, the minute I saw that that was a problem, I knew that I had to get on the meeting within, you know, uh, within a minute of it starting. Otherwise, you know, there's credibility issues there, right? Um, but I knew how to solve the problem. And the, 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 the secret was to just keep cool, calm, collected. And you have to do that. You have to be prepared for the unexpected. No matter how far you plan in advance, um this is actually the first time i've ever used this app but uh you know there you go like it's a professional po podcasting solution now there's yet another tool in the box so that you know the, the the trick is to capture document what you've learned so that if you were you know if you, if you grow your team and you now have a team of four people and one of you goes on vacation or wins the lottery or whatever, you've now captured that in a, a process, a repeatable process that mm -hmm. will save the next guy a ton of time. Right. Mm -hmm. So that's the, that's the lesson learned out of it. Keep a cool head and capture anything that you see uh, that you believe may, may happen again is repeatable in any way, shape or form, but don't now, go, don't go nuts on it. That's the other thing. Just keep it, <laughs> keep it lean, keep hey, it lean, be keep early. It lean be early uh you know and 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 when you're when we're back to live meetings you know know your route know the traffic like don't underestimate yeah. the amount of time that it takes you to get somewhere um, Absolutely. you know make, make a plan 
Well, in 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 actually, Adrian, just just before you jump in there. So typically, when I when I uh, prepare for meetings and so on, um, especially when they're far away, I generally get there about two hours ahead of time, and I will just park myself in a cafe. Back in the old days, I'd park myself in a cafeteria or something, which meant that I've never actually been late for an interview. I've always been um, early, which is the, mm -hmm. the the best thing you can do. For sure, be early. So you go into this meeting, you, you're reading the body language, you're neat, you, you look good, you, you have a presentation, you're going through the presentation because you've been, you've been rehearsing, we've been practicing, we've been getting ready. This is a big deal for us. We're not, mm -hmm. you know, we're not messing around. Now, how do you, if when you're trying to make a sale or you're trying to close someone or you want the relationship could to, to continue beyond this point, could you talk a little bit about the end of a meeting? Mm. Yeah. And, so, so go, sorry, go on. Do finish. No, and just just and how you kind of wrap things up in a way that in a way that leaves everybody feeling good, like uh, like a win win. And yes. and I'll just I'll just let me just add. Mm -hmm. Are there any golden rules for mid meeting like as you're going through the meeting is there anything that you should be doing like checking for i don't know checking for understanding or like are there things that that you want to make sure you're doing through the life of your meeting absolutely um the first thing you got to do is to listen twice as hard as you're talking um you do need to you do need to lean forward ever so slightly and keep full eye contact uh, because that demonstrates full engagement. You're obviously going to turn your phone off uh, before you go into that meeting. Mm -hmm. um, I would suggest uh, if this is a complex pitch that uh, one technique I've used in the past to great success is to, um, to read out the, 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 the pitch, like record it beforehand, record it. But question, you, you're going to do th three things as you go through it. You're either going to, continue to you're either going to agree with what you're reading um or you will you will come across something and you will challenge what you're reading and you will all of a sudden you'll disagree so state why you disagree about that and have a you know state in the recording your plan of action to deal with it maybe it's updating the information or, or um or something like that and the third thing is you're just completely stumped by something right in which case you pause the recording go do your research and then come back on and continue to record and you need you need to be able to um have that in your head uh it needs to be ingrained in your head but you have to deliver it in a very natural fashion and know when to stop talking right you have to uh in, in terms of uh the start of the meeting the middle of the meeting the end of the meeting the start of the meeting you're going to do the usual kind of um small talk right uh be prepared to do that at the end of the meeting but you must make sure that the the goals and objectives of your meeting are fully met um, and that you offer to take down notes like in terms of action items always ask for permission to you know do you mind if i take a few notes here um you have to be careful with what you take down nothing all you know if they if they indicate that what you're about to, they're about to talk about is confidential or whatever stop writing you have to just stop writing um but it's super important to get action items. Typically, you want to get some a, a high-level action item, who owns it, and a, 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 
a deadline you know like what kind of time do you want to hear back on this right mm -hmm. and um and follow up like you, you should have been capturing during the meeting assuming you're allowed to write you should have been capturing any kind of chinks in your armor uh, any any kind of um uh flaws in your argument be it numbers you know typical dragon's den when you kind of uh, you're, you're caught out you, you can't remember a number or whatever and use that as an opportunity to respond back with a very brief, very effective podcast or, 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 or presentation. I did that. I've done that in the past. It works really well. Um, so you can do that for questions that you feel you've nailed or questions that you didn't answer um, well enough. And it's mm -hmm. an opportunity to demonstrate your skills as a, as a professional uh, filmmaker mm -hmm. right, and broadcaster. So leave this, with the action items, basically. Leave with the action items. Now, uh, I I wanted to get your opinion on something. There's something that I've I heard recently, and um, they talked about this was a salesy type of thing, so it's kind of relevant um, in in what we're talking about. They talked about um, getting the the person who you're pitching to to agree to take one of the action items. Uh, so they talked about the importance of, you know, if you just end a meeting and talk about, you know, I'm going to take these actions, I'm going to do this and this and this, and I'm going to follow up and get back to you. That's great because they'll be like, uh, perfect, I'll wait for him to get back to me. And maybe that that meeting starts to leave their mind. Yeah. But if you uh, get them to also agree, like, I'll go get this, would you guys mind putting together just a small list of this and this? Uh, and then and then have that ready to send to me that keeps you uh, your meeting and your engagement level uh, at the top of their mind as an action that they have to take. So it kind of keeps the meeting in the back of their brain. Um, it, what do you think about that? The more senior that person is, the smaller the action item needs to be and the more pleasant that action item needs to be. So the action item I would recommend is, uh, you know, like. If we if we can if you wouldn't mind giving us a chance to respond to your questions, uh, would you mind uh, watching this uh, this presentation which we're going to send you, or or something like that, like along those lines of we're going to do something and we just like you to review it, but it has to be easy for them yeah. in this day in this TikTok generation, right? You've got fifteen seconds to make an impression, mm -hmm. right? um so those are the only like un unless they are literally um hitting the ceiling uh in delight at what you're doing in which case the action item might be you know when can you go ahead and forward those funds to us so, we can, <laughs> so that we can begin this project Absolutely. but, but Absolutely. In, in, in real life the action item maybe to you know is, is there anyone else in your team that we can kind of uh, that you'd be able to um, uh, give us access to to help clarify this point or to you know so that you better understand it but whatever mm -hmm. you do that action item for that leader has to be simple um, and it has to be uh, it, it's it's got to be something that isn't going to take them a ton of time and it's yeah. it's got to be ultimately something that's going to delight them the end result of that action item must be customer delight otherwise um uh, again the caveat is if they if they're all in then it doesn't you know you, you've got a little bit more leeway so mm -hmm. so once again you really are tr just trying to understand 
who they are and what they actually want and need. Yes. And yeah. that that is and if you can if you can be the answer to that question for of theirs, then your meeting is probably going to go very well. That's right. That's right. So so the 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 thing is this works with any like this this these are transferable skills and they they will work with any number of uh, you know any genre of uh, of uh, CEOs or, or what have you for them for the most part that's a true statement. Um, the the thing to remember I think is that um, you you have to know your numbers right you have to know your numbers and you have to try whatever you can try to run the project as a as a lean project see if you can adopt the best pieces of agile software development to what you're trying to do so iterate you know don't 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 wait until it's you know you have a perfect product to go to market um read up on and uh practice uh agile software development and understand that um the minute you have uh, external constraints like dates or regulatory constraints that project is no longer fully agile it's always going to be hybrid agile right mm -hmm. so if you if you can learn to operate in an agile manner uh within the constraints of waterfall world you know like hard deadline for films and all the rest of it mm -hmm. um then you'll be successful because the more time as we you know as we progress every single industry is becoming more technological right mm -hmm. So if there's technology in there, it's there's going to be an element of software development somewhere along the line. So use those use those skills to your advantage, and uh, sorry, skills. I would say practices and and ad adapt them. So you know, like again, Google. See if you can Google. I mean, yeah, we we always need to be more agile and and uh, uh, effective, even with just our creation of product as well that's a whole another that is a whole probably series of of podcasts as well absolutely absolutely yeah. well thank you uh did did you have any more questions adrian about no that that was it i just uh, I, I, I just wanted to ask if people wanted to you know if people wanted to follow along Let's with you or to see anything that you were doing if they if they were interested in reaching out to you, where would that be? Would that be in LinkedIn? I'd say yeah, that's the that's the the main um, platform that I use. It's basically LinkedIn.com forward slash in forward slash Stephen Downer, Stephen with a ph. Could you? Because I, I I believe I understand what you're talking about, but could you just elaborate a little bit a little bit on what a lean business canvas is? Sure, it's it's essentially a one-page uh, business case that explains why you are going ahead with a business uh, venture, um, who the the target uh, audience is, who the target market is, who the target stakeholders are. Um, typically, a good lean business canvas should have an image, uh, a use case drawn out as a I. I you know, you can you can do it in, on the back of a napkin, but mm -hmm. the best ones have a visual use case, which basically explains a, a scenario where people would find that valuable. Um, and crucially, it should spell out um, at a high level the cost of the project. 
um, mm. and also the return on investment mm-hmm. uh, for that project, right? Wow! So it, it's 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 a it's a pitch packet yes, in one yeah. page, yeah. lean, just and it, like that's Toyota. There you go. But um, the other thing it needs to have it needs to kind of spell out the benefits, right? The business benefit. Why you know what's the point of all of this? And and mm-hmm. another good uh, piece of information would be the uh, the metrics of interest, right? So the key performance indicators, metrics of in- interest. So with a movie, uh, the metrics of interest may be um, the the number of cinema goers versus streaming subscribers mm-hmm. who've mm-hmm. consumed the movie over X period of time. So that's an example of a metric that you would be interested in. Yeah. No, and and I'll tell you, those kind of metrics are incredibly valuable in the film industry, and actually, people tend not to share them because mm. because that's their bread and butter. Like Netflix knows exactly what their audience wants, down to they they they'll take this actor, actor A, and actor B, and they're like, this is where you know the, where these two guys meet we know we're going to have incredible popularity. So they end up making a movie, you know, and they they do not tell, like if NBC puts a show on, like NBC puts The Office on Netflix, Netflix will not tell them how well The Office is yeah. doing because it'll hinder them later on if they're trying to negotiate for the show again down the line. Well, this is it. So it, it interestingly, you know, increasingly, um, the product isn't the product. We, we are the product, right? Mm-hmm. Um, that our metrics are are the product. Our data is the is the product. But this does give you a um, a visual. Pretty much explains um, what it does. And if you were able to, you know, here's here's something I I found very valuable. Laminate that thing. You know, mm-hmm. now, th- once you laminate it, that thing's going to be around long after we're gone. <laughs> That's right. So the, the the thing that it kind of it kind of makes me think of is when we're trying to do one pagers, right? So we're trying to take a pitch packet. Um, so generally, our pitch packets are going to include all the aspects of the film, but we we kind of like yours is very condensed, has a lot of information. We tend to try to space ours out, put more pictures and yes, you know, yeah, as you but, should. Yeah. But you're right in that we we can we also try sometimes to do a one pager which is literally like it's the laminated item it's got a photo it's got the log line the title you know the couple characters and the information but you know maybe we can try to um hone it in and put some of those financial numbers and really try to see if we can get a pitch packet yeah. into one concise page as well um that is like the short form version that you you know you laminate put and throw in your in your briefcase the, the funny thing is uh well it's not the, the 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 situation we're in now is that nobody is really printing anything anymore right everything is digital or digital digital but what if what if you were that contrarian who decided to put that one page lean business canvas very well laminated in the post and addressed it with cursive you know go full on and do some cursive writing on it uh, on the the address, make it look medieval. <laughs> make it, yeah, yeah. You know, make make it look uh, something something of, different. You know, yeah. One of those these uh, days, people like to get a piece of mail. They're like, oh, what is <laughs> this? Isn't a bill? What is this? Yeah. Right, right. Yeah, that you use the uh, the the wax from a candle, and then you you imprint it with your crest. 
Oh my gosh! My brother that did is... that actually. <laughs> yeah, that's amazing. That. It worked. It worked. He yeah. uh, he put a lot of effort into it. He's a he's an incredibly neat writer. But he basically that's what he did. So it was a different. It was a contrarian approach, and it got attention. And I think the comment was, um, I thought this was an antique, or I thought this was something from the 19th century. Is it was, it was that's a awesome positive comment. So that's awesome. So uh, I think uh, one of the one of the things that uh, that we do one, once a month, Steve, is we take a couple of our dollars and we share it with an artist. So that's that's we try to pick somebody or something uh, to throw a couple of our bucks at to to let people know that we are also we're artists. We're asking people for our, for their money all the time, and we like to uh, jump in and and pick something up. So I'm going to jump into our segment. We like to call Making It Rain. We're making it rain. All right. <laughs> uh, so I just wanted to, sh- uh, for, for the month of April, which is when this show is going to come out, um, uh, I wanted to showcase that we're actually p- going to purchase a, a signed copy of, uh, of Breslau author, uh, Carolyn Mills. Uh, sorry. Uh, so I, I love to read, I love to read the, the Waterloo regional record. Um, and every, every Thursday uh, we also get the observer, which is, which is a, a nearby local paper. And so I love grabbing the, uh, some of the artist profiles and the things that people are up to in the region. And, uh, this, this story caught my eye. So she actually wrote a children's book a number of years ago. I just have it here called The Little Boy Who Lived Down the Drain. I don't know, Adrian, have you heard of this story? Man, I have not, but that is right up my alley. So it's it's about it's a story about uh, the 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 girls uh, listen to her mother telling her new brother, Bob Bob Black Sheep, have you any wool? And one of the three bags went to the little boy that lived down the drain, is what she thought she heard. <laughs> and so when she was in the bath she would start speaking to the little boy down the drain. Now, this sounds like a horror, but it is not. It is a children's story. Um, and so she wrote that. But she did write a second book, which she has just published, uh, and it just came out yesterday, or sorry, in March, uh, called The Good Son. Um, so I'm just going to, I'm going to read a little, I'm going to read a little blurb about it here. Zoe Emerson has a secret, one she's kept for years, her quiet world is shaken when her past finally catches up with her. The investigation into the murder of a six-year-old neighbor is reopened 30 years after, threatening to destroy her and everyone she's fought so hard to protect. She was just a child when it happened, scared and confused. She's never been entirely sure what she saw, but she kept her brother's suspected involvement in the murder from the police and the knowledge she withheld, a crucial piece of information, haunts her. As the past collides with the present, Zoe's forced to face a most difficult truth. So, um, pretty exciting. So, I, I actually I wanted to share that uh, this was kind of fun for me when I went. Uh, so, of course, the article says where to where to go and pick up the book, and uh, I actually went. Let me just make sure I pull up the right website here. Here we go. Here we go. So, uh, I went to the bookshelf dot. CA, which is a bookstore in Guelph, which is where I guess she has her her book stationed. Um, and uh, you can actually 
order the book from this bookstore. Um, so it was pretty cool. I was just kind of flipping through it, but I actually went just to, I was like, oh, the bookshelf, I've been to that bookstore. So they actually have an online presence. And the thing that I like about this website is uh, they mention uh, Canadian authors, right? So they've got books from everywhere, right? Um, but as they go, they're they're listing Canadian authors, which I thought was really neat. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so if you're looking for something Canadian, uh, you can jump in and, and try to support support local local or Canadian authors, which I thought was pretty neat. And they literally do fast free delivery in in Guelph and surrounding areas. So, anyways, I shot them a message. We're picking up that book, so hopefully by the time uh, the next episode comes around, maybe we have it in hand and we've given it a read. So, um, Carolyn, congratulations uh, on publishing a book. That is a huge, uh, a huge, huge undertaking, and uh, which you know we know a little a little bit about. And um, so, yeah, congratulations. And that's that's what we're spending our money on this month. Fantastic. Sounds so great. The, the next uh, segment will involve you, Steve. We are going to ask you about what you're watching. Ah. What you watching? <laughs> Steve, what what are you watching these days? What are you watching on TV? Uh, what what's the, what's some of the the stuff that you are, are you reading something right now that's got you super Super excited and, and involved. Yeah, actually, I've uh, I've just finished uh, Augmented Life in the Smart Lane by Brett King, which is an amazing book. Uh, it's mm. next next level, next level, really is. Um, in terms of movies, uh, just my favorite one that I've just seen is The Gentleman uh, by Guy Ritchie. Really enjoyed mm, that one. That was great. I really <laughs> yeah. enjoyed that. Now, yeah. Guy Ritchie decided, you know, he made Lockstock. And then he made Snatch. And then he decided to kind of veer off into the wilderness for a little while. <laughs> he made some crazy movie with his wife, Madonna, at the time. And then he kind of he got into the Sherlock Holmes. And then he, he came back to his, you know, London gangster movie, you know, with The Gentleman, which was really... Oh, no, Rock and Roller was also yeah, pretty he excellent. Did, he did Rock oh and Roller. He also did Aladdin. No, he did not. I believe he did. <laughs> oh. well well he took the bucks he did it for the that's money fine. that's fine you do one for me and then one for free that's i think is the yeah. you're supposed to do one for the bucks and then one for the love now and, and rock, the and roll, is- rock and roll is one of my favorites yeah uh, that scene where he's running away from the heftier gentleman do you guys remember the scene on the uh, in a long uh, time oh yeah, my god either. He's running away from the slightly heftier gentleman on the train tracks, and the hefty gentleman's like, <sighs> "Yeah, yeah, yeah, yeah." And he that- sits down. He takes a knee, but he walks back and he goes, <laughs> slaps him in the face, runs away. Oh, it's the best. <laughs> That's right. Oh my god, because he's so exhausted. It's I so loved that character. That that young character that played that role. He was amazing. So, um, sorry, just uh, I'm sorry, I completely forgot, but. Any, what are you reading? What are you listening to right now? You're listening to. So I just I'm I'm af- I'm actually on a little hiatus. Uh, uh, augmented took a, a little bit longer than I I mm-hmm. thought it would. Um, but queued up. I think the next one I'm gonna uh, maybe re-listen to is uh, Malcolm Gladwell Outliers. Mm-hmm. That's that's an amazing book if you want to understand. What it takes to be an entrepreneur, you want to, there you go. 
<laughs> nice. There you go. You yeah, want to? Yeah, yeah. And we didn't even plan that. That was that was just off the cuff. Yeah. yeah if you if you want to if you want to help your kids out as best you can, you you open what I call open windows and doors for them. Right. You you shouldn't push them through. You should just uh, give them access to what you what you can as early as they can get access to it. So one of the things I did we 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 managed to uh, get my daughter in she's quite interested in architecture now mm-hmm. so she's doing some good stuff on roblox on sorry specifically on blocksburg designing houses some phenomenal designs really doing a great job there and my my son is uh, getting into flight simulator 2020 which is next level um in terms of graphics and the capabilities so just exposing your kids to um the you know technology trying to balance it out obviously in this COVID, these covid days but um outliers is a it, that, that that's a standout book excellent really you know what i'm going to i'm going to get that book i i probably will jump jump on it on audible um but yes i'm going to do it i love it cuz i've heard about it it obviously the you know he popularized the 10,000 hours you yes. know to become professional at something yes, yes yeah and that has been quoted and reused and you know requoted many many times since it came out in his book. Adrian, yeah. how about how about you? What are you uh, what are you watching these days? So I'm gonna I'm actually gonna say I'm not watching any TV at the moment. There's just uh, I'm, but when I am cleaning, I am mm-hmm. listening to the Seven Habits, and I probably have about an hour left of the book. Like I'm in the seventh habit here. And a book that I've been reading for a really, really long time, but I'm just finished, is The Life of uh, Nikola Tesla, which Ah. was really fascinating and tragic to read, actually, because a man that he was, he was basically 20 years ahead of his time. Yeah. Like, he was so far ahead that people just didn't get what he was doing. And he kind of missed he kind of missed the boat a little bit like yes yes he did yeah you know what i mean and it, it was just unfortunate i mean there was some some very nasty stuff that happens and and yeah. a lot of people will take nikola tesla and they'll kind of put him up against edison but really the person but their their paths kind of went separate ways early on really in wireless transmission that's where there was a real war between him and an Italian gentleman by the name of Marconi. Mm-hmm. And he was trying to send wireless transmissions around the world. He was trying to be the first person to do that. And he got into business with J.P. Morgan. And J.P. Morgan had huge investments in mm-hmm. copper. And he knew that wireless was a bad idea. And so he stopped it. He squashed it. And he, Tesla had that momentum. And he was moving. He was doing it, and big business stopped him. So yep. there's, there's some lessons from that. I think that uh, that's probably Tesla Man Out of Time. That's uh, I don't know if it's the same book. Yeah, but that's that's the one I checked out. There's a lesson in that on intellectual property, mm-hmm. ownership of intellectual property. Um, it, it's a cautionary tale. Mm-hmm. I won't get into the pigeons. That's another story for another day. <laughs> that's right. That's the yeah. pigeons. That's right. Yeah. This book, Steve, I think it's called Wizard. Oh, okay. Uh huh. Yeah. So anyway, I've just got to the end of it. It was a marathon read, but I'm very happy to be done. And uh, really, 
an inspiring human being man yeah absolutely yeah so uh so yeah he's he's, he's definitely a, a legend definitely yeah. a legend what about you jason green what you watching well i'm finishing uh i'm i'm midway through season three of american gods so i've i've been binging it and i've i've just really been enjoying it um and then um the uh the book that i'm in the middle of is actually by james rollins it's uh it's it's not a book about learning uh okay <laughs> it is called the sixth extinction and it is an action-packed uh six sigma uh no not six sigma uh, uh but it is the sigma force um which is uh, uh, one of his series and it, it is just super action-packed and super fun um, but yeah, it's, uh, lots of bad guys, lots of shootouts, uh, a disease that's sweeping the world. So it's, uh, it's pretty exciting. So, so that's it's like that's, the news. That's I, mean. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I suppose so. Yeah, fair <laughs> enough. My, my, uh, my mom, uh, just said she was, uh, watching this new show on Amazon. It's the flu and it's horrible. It's, it's, it's exactly what's going on in the world today. Everybody's dying. The super flu is terrible. And uh, I'm like, Mom, are you watching The Stand yeah. by Stephen King? And she's like, Yeah, that's it, The Stand. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, Amazing. I can't wa- I cannot wait to start watching The Stand on on Amazon Prime. We Sorry. watched the old version. Jason, I will make a correction. Oh, I have been watching The Stand. I have been. Don't loving. tell me. I've been Don't loving it. it. Don't tell me. All right, fine. It's so great. You're, if you're loving it, I am probably, loving it. You probably just ruined it for me. I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, I loved this. I love the book, The Stand. The Stand on Audible is 47 hours and 47 minutes. Get ready for a giant ride. Um, the wow. the it, when you read the book, it is so incredible. The miniseries from back in the day, 19, the ni- mid 90s, was amazing. Um, I actually just finished watching that with my sons, probably j- early March in the lead up for getting excited to watch the stand. And, and I can't wait. I can't wait. It's just Stephen King's a big, big part of my life as a, as a young reader and movie watcher and, and all that kind of stuff. So uh, Stephen King, super fan. Yeah. Here. All right, Steve, the next segment is where we're going to find out. This is the final segment of the show. We're going to find out about your desert Island movies. Desert Island Steve, we ask we ask all our guests. So I'm sure that you've already written these down because one of the things you do in preparation for a meeting is probably watch <laughs> historical shows to find out how we interoperate with our guests and such and such. So one of the things we ask all our guests is if you were stranded on a desert island and you only had three movies to watch over and over again on mm. you know forever, what are those favorite guilty pleasures? What are your favorite three desert island movies? Maybe not favorite movies, right? Uh, All but right. ones you want to watch again and again. For sure. Well, I, I, I'm pretty sure I can rattle these off. So uh, number one would probably be Lock, Stock and Two Smoking Barrels. That is my all-time favorite. I love that movie. All-time favorite. Um, it's, a, it's a London thing. Like it's mm-hmm. the, the accents are so crazy in that I have to kind of listen a couple of times. I, I, get, I take away something new every time I listen to it. Awesome. Uh, 
the the second one i'd have to say would be the pursuit of happiness mm-hmm. i can't like i will i challenge anyone to get through that movie without getting just a little bit misty-eyed right this it's it's a it's a mighty mighty um uh of overcoming like i mean you know in terms of overcoming adversity it's just a massive message uh in terms of you know doing what you can for your career and and trying to be the best dad you can be right so um yeah amazing movie and uh what would be my third one office space oh that always cracks me movie (laughs) (laughs) what a great movie oh my god pc pc load letter uh, man, yeah. uh, when you say it, so many lines come back that we <laughs> probably shouldn't. Anyways, um, that's amazing. S- such good picks. Thank Steve. Thanks for joining us. I appreciate it. We've been wanting to have you on for a long time, and this was a really fun topic. Um, that that you know you you clearly uh, have a, have a really solid uh, uh, understanding on, and and um, we really appreciate uh, you taking a few minutes to to talk about it. Yeah, it's my pleasure. My pleasure. Yeah, thanks so much, Steve. Like, really, really, there was some rock-solid information in there. And uh, so thank you very much because we're going to go, we're going to use it. We're going to write it down, make some 100%. notes, and we're going to use this information for sure. 100%. So, uh, so the last thing I just want to say is, we, you know, we, we're going to go out on our, on our little, uh, you know, outro here. Um, it does say we're going to see you again in a couple of weeks. We have moved the show to monthly for now. Uh, after mm-hmm. our big priorities podcast, uh, we are looking inside of ourselves, right? And we're thinking about where, where we have to spend the majority of our time right now. And so we're going to rein the podcast in a little bit. As as you guys know, we're going to first Thursday of every month is when we're going to release them. So uh, maybe we'll fix the outro. Maybe we won't spend the time fixing the outro and we'll just move on to pitch meetings and uh, finishing, finishing the movie and not worrying too much about the last 30 seconds of, of the podcast, right? Just um, in so, time and good enough. There you go. Boom. boom. Thank you. Uh, Steve, thanks again for, for being on with us. Uh, that's, that's it for this week. Uh, dream big. Work hard. Absolutely. Really hope you enjoyed the show. Wherever you watched or listened, please leave us a comment or a review. We really want to hear from you. Share the show with a friend. You know they'll love us. Head over to our website, thefableforest.com. There's all kinds of great stuff. Poke around. Check it out. See you all again in a couple weeks.